Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Black Shirt Breakdown. My name is Steve Mark. I'm a staff writer at Inside Nebraska, part of the Rivals Network. And that man over there, that is Jay Foreman, our NFL veteran and former Nebraska Black Shirt. Uh, Jay, 13-10 loss from, from the Huskers um, to the Iowa Hawkeyes, the arch rival. Iowa Hawkeyes on Tom Osborne Field is not how anybody around here wanted the game to go. Um, just another loss to the Hawk to the Hawkeyes. I know they got them last year, but um, you know this one kind of stings a little bit because the the bull the bull was right there for the taking this right. entire month of November. Um, you now after going three and zero in uh, October, Nebraska drops four straight in November. Um, and, and will not be bowling again for a seventh straight season. So, uh, Jay, you know, good to have you back again, but what were your overall thoughts of the game? And I guess, um, after you get done with that, what have you think about, what did you think about Matt rules debut season as a Huskers head coach? Right. I mean, I think the game was a tough game. I mean, tough game. I mean, I think, you know, like you said, you know, starting the month off five and three, yep. um, four games ago, you know, you didn't want to get down to the last game against Iowa. Mm -hmm. to have to win to go to a bowl game you know to be frank you know nebraska ruined iowa's uh season last year because they knocked iowa out of the big 10 championship and so you know Iowa was going to be extra motivated even though they you know had a rash of injuries to some key players you, you they come in packing their defense uh one of the best special teams in the nation both in all four facets that means kicking kick and return punt punt return they're they're top notch well coached and so um you know your backs were against the wall but you know, I think, like you said, um, Nebraska, I think, started a little slow, handled their business, got back into the game, had the game tied up, made a huge play, I think, with 41 seconds later and then uh, – or 41 seconds left, excuse me. And then just kind of almost – I felt like they sped up too quick. And then, you know, the having to burn that time out really, I think, put everything into overdrive. Where I think Nebraska um, started slow, but then kind of just dictated the whole pace of the game after that. I mean, the – I don't think Nebraska's defense gave up a first down except for late in the third or beginning of the fourth quarter. So that means they pitched a shutout and they were, you know, kind of just going plotting along, doing their thing. And then I think once you, we burned that timeout when we had the ball back after the Tommy Hill interception, everything sped up. It was probably the longest and fastest 31 seconds ever. Right. It just kind of went back like that. Um, and then Iowa was able to bust that big run, which you you know you hated to see, and then uh, brought in a guy that hadn't kicked all year and made a field goal. So yeah, typical Iowa win, typical mm -hmm. Iowa Nebraska game. It's good. It's gonna go you know down all the way to the wire. And if you ask me about Matt Rule's season, I think it was probably about that. Where I think you know you saw a lot of improvement. You know, even though they're still five and seven, right? Mm -hmm. Um. You, you know, you see that I think the accountability and the guys there is consistent. You know, you kind of knew what you were going to get and maybe throughout the Michigan game. It was a learning experience, but you can kind of see, you know, what he's trying to accomplish. And so and that's just from a football standard standpoint, you can see what he's trying to do. And I think remember when we went back and asked you asked me about what do you want to see in that first season? Yeah, Um. obviously, you know, I, I you know, thought that they could make a bowl game, right? Because I think the opportunity and the turnover in the in the West and where Nebraska mm -hmm. was talent-wise should have been an option. But I wanted to be towards the end of the season where I could tell you without a doubt I could see what he's trying to do and why he was doing it and how he was doing it and what potentially could be in the future uh, clearly um, after year one. And that you know, I knew or kind of felt I, I knew what he was trying to do, you know, probably after the Michigan game, after the Illinois game. Mm -hmm. 
unfortunately wasn't able to get over the hump and make, you know, get six wins. I felt like they left, uh, you know, probably two or three of them out there and you just needed one. And, um, you know, they could have very easily beat Iowa as well. So I think it's just a little bit of a, you know, missed opportunity, but, you know, they got to turn the page and really turn that same focus um, that would have been for those 15 practices and take what's positive and attack the, you know, recruiting transfer portal. And then also, you know, um, you know, looking at what they can do, you know, internally as a staff better too, not to break up the staff was like, okay, well, we learned a lot going into big 10. Um, and it was like this year as a team is learning a lot of their learning experience as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's a saying inside that program, what's next. And that's what, uh, what's next. Um, we're, we, we, um, at the, at the Blackshirt breakdown are having a what's next moment right now. So we will be taking, uh, one final look at the Iowa game here. We'll be breaking down six plays, um, and let's start off with some positive, like always, we'll have some positive and, um, not positive plays, but let's start out with some positive and, uh, they're going to be some third down throws from Chubba Purdy, who I thought, um, you know, maybe did, you know, he obviously wasn't perfect. He had those two fumbles. He lost one, had that weird kind of, um, shovel pass. If you want to call right. it that, I don't think he was really trying to throw it. I think it was cold. The ball was slick and it fell out of his hands, but, um, you know, Chubba Purdy, he was eight of 12 on third down and five of those eight completions went for uh first downs. I thought Chubba did uh, pretty well throwing on in third and long situations, which all season long hasn't really been good at Nebraska, but then Chubba comes in season finale. Um, and, and he did, uh, pretty well in that, um, category, I, I believe. So, um, let's, let's get the plays up here. If I can find my share screen, there it is. So Jay, this is a first one. It's a third and 11, um, uh, what looks like on the 45 yard line, uh, midway through the third quarter, Josh fleeks, a receiver by trade plays a little bit of running back. He lines up in the backfield. And I thought this was a pretty good job from Marcus Satterfield trying to get an athlete lined up, um, in man to man coverage on a linebacker. Is that where you see too? Yeah, very, very rarely does Iowa go to man-to-man, -man, but this is how confident Iowa thought they were due. They thought they could lock us up because of our youth at receivers, but one thing they didn't account for is Josh Fleek. So when you see him motion outside of there, it's one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. You know, number 34 has got business, right? You know they're coming right at you. How do you get an explosive play, Steve? What do we say? Right up the middle. That's how you attack a team like this, up the middle. And this is Fleeks, a better athlete against a pretty, you know, all-conference caliber linebacker. Yep. Uh, you know, he, uh, Higgins leads the, the Big Ten in uh, – uh tackles but mm -hmm. right here is pretty much an option route and the seam route and uh he had a two-way go on him and uh Chubba Purdy stepped up and put it right on him and this is a, first of all it's a great concept and, and uh call by Marcus Satterfield right uh but then it's even better execution you start there you get outside the tackle box so essentially you're five out and you're taking him and putting him at a tight end position but he doesn't have to play on the line of scrimmage right there give him a little shake and bake got the feet stopped right there once those feet stop He's overextended. You got to throw it where, Steve? What we always talk about about high school kids, we need it right on the hash, mm -hmm. right? Uh, not even, not right by that X right there because that means that they're playing a too high safety right there um, and he can't get there and make a play on that. And so that's a great call, great execution, and even better throw. And it's a good job by Fleeks right here to make some guys miss and get a little bit more yards after catch. So, it's a positive. This is what would probably gets people excited about Chubba right here, right? You want this thing with this pass right here. You want it to split the safeties, right? So if you split the safeties, run it on the hash, yep. bend it in. They you call it wind it in. It's like a what we used to call as a defender. It's a winding seam route. So you you know they'll wind you outside and then they'll wind you 
and weave you back inside, right? So right here, they get you. They think you're going outside, right? Potentially a seven cut. And that's why the safety has to uh, honor that seven cut, uh, which is a corner route. Because if he tries to die or tries to drive on this right here and, and, and tries to over, um, you know, play this right here, the seam route, that seven, they run a corner route, which is, you know, an option route to read the safety, uh, you know, it'll be a touchdown. So good execution. Good job there by Fleeks catching it and making guys miss. Um, definitely a positive there for Nebraska and a, and a crucial third down. Good pass protection too on what looks like a was it a four man rush there from yeah. Iowa? Yeah, good good pass protection from the offensive line as well. Let's head over to the second play now. Chubba Purdy again. It's a third and third and six. Uh, yeah. You put the ball in your quarterback's hands. Ask him to do something against some pressure uh, right up the gut, and uh, he finds uh, Kemp, uh, Billy Kemp, right here for eight yard game on on third and six. First down. Move the chains. Right, right here. You see Iowa, even if they're in zone, they're playing close to the line of scrimmage, right? And so they mm -hmm. came with a little bit of a zone blitz right there, trying to force them out of the pocket. They, uh, again, miscalculated Chubba Purdy's athletic ability, but a good job of, with him is escaping towards pressure because when you run a blitz like this right here, if you pause it right here, Steve, yeah, right, you got one, two, three, four, seven guys up there at the line of scrimmage, only six legitimate blockers. And a, a defensive coordinator wants you to confuse you to see if you, if you, the quarterback, can pick up the guy that you're responsible for. Number two, the offensive line does a good job of figuring out where these guys, where they overload it right here, and they kind of a, do a, a false, uh, you know, kind of drop there where you kind of fake like you're rushing Higgins, and then it's to free up number one here. Yeah. Now what Chubba does, he uh, gets outside of number 13 Jones and uh, breaks contain. Now what he does a really good job at, is having his eyes up, shoulders kind of square to deliver the ball on the run, on target and on time to Billy Kemp, who does a really good job of beating one-on-one -on -one coverage and snapping that route off with enough depth that even when he comes back, it's still a first down. So, okay, this is off uh, off of uh, off off uh, off the charts play right here, um, off schedule play right here by Chuba, right? Right? You get the they do a good job of confusing Ben Scott right here, right? and and getting number one free that's the point of the good on them that, that's why they're one of the best defenses in the nation right yeah 34 kind of didn't even rush you're right yeah. right so he faked like he was rushing that's the old san francisco 49ers big fangio blitz right there 30s kind of you know one-on-one -on -one right there so you're trying to get one guy confused and everybody one-on-one -on -one. but the x factor was chubba purdy getting outside of the uh, pocket what we saw last week against uh, i think uh wisconsin Yep, and then delivered it on uh, target and on time right there to Billy Kemp. Good job of keeping his feet in bounds, two and in, two in bounds. So it's a positive play. Sometimes the Iowa, you know, your opponent dials up the right defense and just makes a good play, which they mm -hmm. did. But then on the other hand, you need somebody um, to be able to be off schedule and then also make a football play. So this is a positive play here uh, by Nebraska and Chubba Purdy, and it was a good um play call by Satterfield so the blocking was good you know even you know Ben Scott's gonna make a mistake it's legit because 34 did a really good job of selling the blitz right and when I talked about earlier the quarterback is responsible for one guy so normally mm -hmm. it would be the free runner right and I'm not sure on their pass protection it looked like they're turn protecting I don't know if they do outside or inside out scan by the running back but ultimately Chubba Purdy made a really good play here off schedule and for the this is this will be upcoming play that we break down will be the second to last positive play that we we talk about and we're headed to the defensive side of the ball. Jay, what did you think about Tommy Hill's performance? Three tackles, three pass breakups, 
Uh, he, it looked like he was really kind of controlling his his uh, wideout, who he was responsible for all all day. He obviously had the the late interception that gave the offense the opportunity in the first place to go down and win the game. Um, but you know, with Quentin Newsom banged up, Tamon Lynham was playing a lot of snaps at the other corner, and uh, Tommy Hill kind of took over that number one role once Quentin um, was a- unable to go with an injury. Um, in the later parts of the game, but uh, Jay, we can talk about the pass coverage. We can talk about tackling, but I want to talk about uh, Tommy Hill's ability to set the edge here. Once he diagnoses reverse and then busts his butt um, to, to get to set the edge, turn the ball carrier inside toward his help. What did you think about this play? Yeah, it's a good job. I mean, again, it's like Chubba Purdy. You got to do some things off schedule, right? You get kind of fooled a little bit sometimes. Like mm-hmm. it's a unique information or unique formation right here and you run it. Right. And then so it's it's he's reading it and you kind of get fooled. Right. That's what the good on them. So what does he do? He knows his responsibility. And yeah. what does he do? He goes and contains the play. And then what? who's the responsibility on the alley and field players? Right. Everybody mm-hmm. got fooled a little bit. That's OK. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, it's not OK, but I mean, it's OK in the scheme of, of you're playing a good team and they're going to make plays. But what's even better, I think you Tony White said it earlier in the year. Right. You know, we, we start out in a. We kind of skip over B, but we arrive at C at the right time in 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 gang tackling, right? So this is an example of it right here. And this is a kudos to all the coaches and the defensive players, right? Like you see him right here. Everybody kind of, you know, thinks it's gonna be a regular Iowa play, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not gonna hear him say reverse because it's so loud out there. Okay. Yeah. Tommy Hill, you know, he makes a mistake. And not even that, he just gets out flanked. But what does he do? He doesn't give himself up. He goes back and does what he's supposed to do is set the edge and contain the play outside arm free. So that's making a good football play. This is a positive play. Yeah. I call these plays hockey assists, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. make the play yes. physically. Then then you got Hartsog, and I think it's uh, Gifford. Gifford. And then you got Sanford, Reimer, and mm-hmm. a host of other guys getting there. And it's a minimal gain. So at the beginning of this play, or at the mesh of this play, look how, look how much Nebraska's out leverage, right? Yeah. Right, not here, but when the handoff here, right? Right? There, run. He about the he's about to hand the ball off. Yeah, Nebraska is out leverage when he hands the ball off right there. Double time. That means you're like double scoop. Mm-hmm. The double scoop means eighty seven and seventy six can literally set the edge and scoop you like a scoop of ice cream. But what does he do? What does he do? He beats seventy six using his athletic ability because no, physically he's not going to be able to do it. Yep. He sets the edge and then everybody's uh busting their tail to get there right and and that's the line of scrimmage and it's a, what a two yard gain. So that's it's a uh, it's when you talk about the defense doing a better job this year of making you know plays and being more consistent and and, and uh, playing up to a, a standard that they set. Both is by its effort, but then it's his knowledge of the of the of the game, but then also of the defense, but then also playing for each other. This is a selfless play right here, right? Because if Tommy Hill decides to go under seventy six, which is the easy thing to do, mm-hmm. he gets himself blocked. And then instead of it being a two-yard gain, number three is getting an eight, nine-yard gain because he's able to get the outside because 87 would have been able to block Hartsog. So Tommy Hill actually came back and set the edge on both the both the blockers by just setting the edge on one. See, if you see that, if Tommy Hill goes inside, he or Hartsog is automatically blocked right here because number three is going to hit the outside and what are most explosive plays sometimes on the outside, right? Runs like that. You hit the outside, talk the head back and strike up the band. See how he had to pitter patter right there. Yeah. That blocked his vision. 
So even if you want to dip in and dip back out, Tommy Hill's right there, and then you use the sideline, then it allowed Marker, or Malcolm or Hartsog to become a fill player when he would have actually been, um, you know, he would have been, he would have lost the, the leverage as well. So look at them. Both of them right here have man-to-man against those guys. Or no, Hartsog's dropping back in zone. He's out leveraged. Hartsog's out leveraged, right? Well, what did he do? It, it's all, that play was made by Tommy Hill. And you got to give Tommy Hill some credit, right? Where mm-hmm. kind of started out and put himself in his own doghouse, right? Not reaching his potential. Yep. And just got back to work, got focused, and uh, it became a pretty steady player. One of Matt Rule's, I think, um, I can't speak for Matt Rule, but he's talking glowingly about Tommy Hill. And Tommy Hill's been playing pretty consistent. Maybe ever since that Colorado game where he had a little bit of a, a brain fart there uh, against Travis Hunter. Uh, he's been playing pretty, pretty, pretty consistent, and he's had to pay off this year with four interceptions. A play like that is just as important as interceptions because it shows growth of him as a player um, and as a person. Tommy Hill is also, you know, you mentioned, Jay, the four interceptions. That's a team high, I believe. And also his pass breakups is near the top at the conference for a Big Ten DB. So Tommy Hill had that turnaround from, yeah, like you said, that kind of rough Colorado game. Uh, but let's move on here. Uh, we'll get the, these uh, bad plays in here as we like to do with the Blackshirt Breakdown. We show the good and the bad. Um, so for the bad, let's stick with the first down rush offense. So Nebraska did not do well enough on their first down runs. They had 15 first down runs, gain a total of 25 yards. Uh, that's just an average of 1.4 uh, yards per carry. Um, so, you know, that just kept the, the a lot of second and longs, third and longs for the offense, which Nebraska's uh, attack isn't really, you know, geared to do right now with the kind of um, limited quarterback play that they have and receiver play with all the injuries and everything. Um, so, you know, Nebraska's third down uh, average for third down distance was 7.2 yards. Iowa's was only 5.6. So, um, you know, it's, it's the, uh, you know, once you, once you kind of have that bad first down play that puts you behind the chains, you know, it just kind of creates more problems. And, and Jay, we have a couple examples of that here. This is just a, a no gain, no gainer on first down, putting the offense behind schedule again. So uh, what did you see here? Um, obviously Iowa's defensive line um, kind of sneaks, kind of sneaks through um, Logan Lee, I believe number 85 playing that three technique on uh, Nuri Nuelli's shoulder. He sneaks between um, Nuelli and Teddy Prohaska and gets a TFL. Yeah. I mean, look, I was a rugged defense. They know what they're yep. doing. They've been playing essentially the same defense. It seems like for like 30 years, but they, <laughs> they, they recruit to it and they play to it. And what happened was here is it's the get off. Right. And it's probably the split looks like extremely like, if you look at the difference in the splits to the left side, to the right side, it's easy to shoot that gap, right? So he gets yeah. right in the hip of Nuri, and they and I was stunted into this, right? Mm-hmm. So what they did is kind of they ran what I call is a TT stunt, right? And even though that if you go back, the the there's like a zero technique, or maybe he's in a shaded one, right? So what 85 Lee did is he's going in, right? Mm-hmm. Right there, but he's reading it, right? And he's coming off, and then it's a late wrap round by 95. And so that's how he's able to split Teddy Prohaska because they stunted into it. And then that just is the, I call it the direct access play, right? You know, yeah. you directly access to the running back, Anthony Grant stopped. And then it's just, you know, look, it's, it's, it's a play on first down. I will, it's good on them. They, the right call execution for the right play. That's it. I mean, we got caught in a schematic, you know, uh, they schemed up this play perfectly for our set right here. And so it was dead in the water. It's not anything about a, you know, it's not, you can't even say it's the, I, I guess you could say it, it, you 
you'd like to have a better call, but it's essentially <laughs> it was the perfect call for the perfect play for Iowa's defense. So, you know, Iowa does, they make you win on first and second down and you win on first and second down by them, uh, by just controlling the line of scrimmage. And, you know, what they felt that they could do was movement, you know, stunting can kind of create some penetration. I think what they knew also is Nebraska's straight ahead run game hurt them more than what they originally planned for. So this was a good adjustment by them to try to get some movement to get penetration because they knew probably from last year, if they lose on first and second down, they will not beat Nebraska. And that's what they were able to do. So they sold out on offense and defense to win first and second down. And that was their game plan. And it wasn't just by lining up and beating Nebraska. They schemed up some things. So you got to give them credit where credit's due. What about this uh, second run play? We'll get it here in a second right here. Um, Jay, you know, they, they kind of load the line of scrimmage, a lot of bodies everywhere. It's obviously first and 10. Nebraska wants to get north and south here. But, um, you know, one guy gets beat. And if I my memory was right, it's Nuri here. Logan Lee again, yeah. number eighty-five. Right. Oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's the real deal. I mean, yep. he's a, he was a good player last year. He started, and they had a first-round pick. And uh, right there, you see him right there. He does a really good job of shedding Nuri, and it's pretty blocked up, pretty decent. Uh, right here, right, mm -hmm. right. Maybe a little bit laid out of stance. Good job by him. Look at the hat and hands right there, and kind of uses his leverage against him, kind of tosses him or whatever. And if Nuri was able to kind of stay on that block. You like yeah. the the you like Ben Scott coming off late right there. Lutowski's kind of stalemating and winning, right? I mean, this isn't a you missed a face mask right there. It's like third one they missed all game, uh, which would have been 15 yards. Uh, that was obviously a face. Yes, Chubba, that was a, a face mask right there. Um, it, and so it was. It, look, you sometimes you get beat, and that was it, and and that was just the one play. I mean, I think with Iowa two, three, four-yard runs are, are positive runs. Just That's just how rugged they are up front. They play – look, they're physical, right? Like, this is look at this. I mean, both of them, the double team, they're able to sit in there, and, and uh, stalemates are wins. Uh, Nuri just got a little bit too top-heavy right there, and uh, you want to give Logan Lee credit where he was able to win right there, and it was a, it was a really good play on his part, and it was also a double good play that the referee standing right there to the left missed that uh, face mask. And so um, – the direct access plays usually, you know, penetration and stuff, stop any type of run play. So it's good play by 84 right there. But after that, I think it was pretty – look, even Latoski got a little – he got a little pancake action going. Look at Latoski right here. A little finish him here, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a little – and then uh, Ben Scott doing a good job of climbing up to the second second level, right? Three or four yards down there. Uh, Bryce Benhart, it, you know, had his guy. And then uh, it was at Borkature and uh, – 44 and just probably linden meyer yeah yeah mm -hmm. linden meyer and look they're all getting busy so um mm -hmm. just one block right there stopped it from being a, pa a good um you know first down run play but you know that's what iowa was going to do they were really keyed in on stopping us in first and second down and hence why you know would have made even the third down percentage of chubba purdy even more uh probably you know i'll see more of a positive there considering that uh you're playing behind the chains you know even that much for sure one more play jay and we will be out of here let's talk about this one play this is a run stuff from nebraska's defense and i wanted to show this one just because there's a four-man line right now three of them are true freshmen so you got nash right there uh lining up over the right guard and then you have prince well at the jack you have uh riley van poppel 
uh, next to him, you have Nash Hutmacher, and then you have Cam Lenhart playing that defensive end position. Uh, sure. and, and then they, they, uh, stop this run. And it, I think it just shows the potential of, uh, the defense next year. If everybody kind of stays put and, and all goes to plan if you're a Husker fan, but this is just the future is bright. If you look at this play and just think what can be, um, in the future. Right. I mean, Nebraska is recruited well and developed well. It's not just about having good young players. It's being coached uh, by Terrence Knighton and, yep. uh, and, and, and or Terrence Knighton coaches all these guys. So, you know, and then, I mean, and also the older guys teaching the young guys how to play, right? Mm-hmm. Look, establish the line of scrimmage, good hands, right? Look at all of them right there. Van Poppel taking on a double team, wipes him right here, uses his leverage. Yeah. Prince well coming in there, right? Van Poppel's at free, right? There they go. Both of them right there doing their job. And there's Cam Hart. And uh, Nash is it right in the middle. So, yes, you know, the the future is bright. Now, I mean, you know, sure, you could always worry about them. I think they're I think this staff is really I'd be very surprised if you have any attrition, you know, um, is because the staff has done a good job of creating a plan for each of these players, giving them opportunity. Mm-hmm. And they all seem like a bunch of kids that want to be here. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and this is about Nebraska, not themselves. So. Um, and that's how you're able when you have I think the mindset of these those three, along with Nash and Ty and everybody else. But just we're talking about the freshman right now is when you're selfless and motivated and want to be somewhere, you develop a lot faster. Right. Okay. So they that none. And the reason why is because you're given everything that either you're given as you're giving to the program and the coaching as much as they're giving back. That's how you, you have to. Right. Look mm-hmm. at Princewell right here. Right little slick slide move right here right he's like yeah. spider-man right so he's right plastic man in there um and then you got van popple and, and and guys right there so i think that um it, it's just a that's a if that's a play right there that snapshot is a, an embodiment of the coaches and how they recruited some of the guys and who they recruited and they recruited the player the person or you know first and foremost the relationship that they have with their players whereas like you sit on somebody's couch or and, and talk to the player and was player, coach, player, parent, player, you know, mentor, player as a custodial person mm-hmm. and say, look, if you do A, B, C, and D and you play well, play up to the potential, you'll play. And they've done that. So they were, they're very, obviously all three of them are very coachable kids, right? To be that young. I think Van Poppel didn't show up to training camp. Yep. Um, he was a summer Prince, guy. Yeah, Princewell as well. I think Cam Linhart might have been here a little bit early. But to be coachable, learning techniques, learn the defense, and then go against a rugged offensive line, a better offensive line than than Iowa had last year. So they've been running the ball pretty, pretty a pretty good clip coming in here. Mm-hmm. So I'll hold the point and then uh, use the techniques that you know I'm assuming Ter- Terrence Knighton has been you know preaching to these guys is a, a testament to those three individually, but then also collectively as a defensive line, defense, and as a team, um, you know what what they've done. So that's that's a good play to end on. Jay, one more before we get out of here. Just what's what's next right now? So we are entering uh, December. The early, early signing period starts December twentieth. It lasts for three days until the twenty second. Uh, just you know, for for uh, coaches inside the program, you know, you you uh, played, uh, you you coached some things. Uh, just what's it like inside the program? If you're like a Husker coach right now, what what's like the next thing? It's going to get crazy here, right? Right. I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, there's no days off. I mean, yes, yeah. you, you know, you might took the weekend off, but really. You know, if you get this close to getting to a bowl game, you think, okay, we're this close to doing something special, right? The stakes Mm -hmm. are only going to get higher. So I'm doubling down on my effort and intention. I'm going to meet with all the players. 
sooner than later. And mm-hmm. uh, then obviously recruiting, you know, they, they, I think this staff recruits year round, obviously. And then you got to, you know, re-recruit some of the players on the, on the roster, you know, as far as the portal, then you got to look at portal guys. And then you do, it's, it's a nonstop. And, and instead of looking at it, like, Oh, things are going to get crazy. Let's look at, look at things. Let's, let's, let's create the chaos, right? Let's go, go. Yeah. get a couple guys that maybe people didn't think we're going to get. Maybe we mm-hmm. keep a couple guys or, or whatever we need to do. And then hit the, hit the ground running, man. This is 365, you know, 24, seven, 365. And this is what you sign up for. And uh, it should be embraced. And even look, you, you get the early signing period done right around Christmas, right? Right before mm-hmm. Christmas or some 22nd, 23rd, 24th, right? I yep. think it is. Go Christmas and then boom, we're thinking about the off season. We're thinking about, you know, winter conditioning, getting everybody here, the early enrollees, and then going from there. So, um, you know, it's huge. I'm, I mean, they're, they should be excited. I mean, they should be motivated, excited. I guess, you know, angry you didn't beat Iowa, but all those yeah. things should be moving in a positive fashion to uh, – you know, moving on to bigger and better things because you should, the glimpses that you've shown this year, right? Both mm-hmm. small, medium, and big, right? And you started out on a good foot showing that actually you're a lot better than what people, you know, guesstimated against Minnesota. That's the low, low, low benchmark moving forward. Now, you know, let's not ever have a season where we don't make a bowl game. Let's yeah. go and improve the roster and then just go from there. A lot of stuff's going to be happening and keep it tuned into inside Nebraska to follow all of it. We will be um, doing our best to keep up with everything that's about to happen any, any time now. So it's about to get fun. Um, So uh, for Steve Mark, that is Jay Foreman. And that was another edition of the black shirt breakdown, Iowa style. We'll catch y'all later.